The Hawkeye Huddle on 1700 The Champ. Interact with the show on Twitter at Hawkeye Huddle and at Hawkeye Huddle 2. And hello again, everybody. Welcome to the Hawkeye Huddle here on 1700 The Champ. Brett Ridge and Scott Bush along the way. Dave Creighton Jr. Uh, on hiatus, on vacation in Cabo San Lucas. Uh, it is anniversary every year right around this time, Thanksgiving week. Uh, do you recall when you got married uh, on the Tuesday of Thanksgiving week? I believe it was eight years ago. <laughs> and uh, uh, so Scott Bush, Foundry Distillery, uh, uh, our, our Foundry Distillery last call, as we have at the end of every show, and appreciate you joining. And on top of that, Scott's uh, filled in over the, the last 16 years, I don't know, once or you twice bet. a year, every year. I think the last time I was on was f- 2015. Is it that after long the, ago? Just before the, like, who was that, North Texas game? When we went on to when undefeated went on, season, yeah. baby. All right. Well, then you're good luck. Yep. I, th- I, think that's right. pro- I think that's probably about right. Well, we'll uh, we'll, we'll give Creighton a break. Uh, we did try, I believe it was two years ago when he was uh, <laughs> south, and I tried to have him come on the show from uh, from a destination south like that where he'd spent the entire day on the beach, and <laughs> it just didn't work out. Uh, <laughs> Sometimes you're just not in, the, in in game shape when it comes to the radio, and, and uh, David wasn't for that. So we don't even chance it anymore these days. So uh, not that the two of us haven't tried to do a show or two like that anyway. But uh, in any case, we appreciate you coming in, Scott, and <clears throat> we got a lot going on. Uh, this is a big week in Hawkeye, uh, not only in Hawkeye football, but Hawkeye basketball. Not great expectations necessarily for the basketball team. We'll get into that a little bit later. But I think the expectations for the football team after they go uh, with their win on Saturday, 19-10 to 10 over Illinois, dri- uh, dri- drives them up to 8-3, and 5-3 and three in the Big Ten. Uh, I don't think they moved up in the polls just yet. I think they're 19-19 and 19 still. We'll see where they are in the college football playoff poll, I think, a little bit later on tonight. Um, <clears throat> but... 1.30 on Friday, Black Friday, the last time for three or four years that they'll play on Black Friday against Nebraska in Lincoln. And uh, Nebraska at 5-7, and seven, they're holding on, looking to have a bowl, uh, to get themselves bowl eligible. Uh, I think a lot of fans are excited about this game. There's a little something on the line. And it actually has become, I, I think it has finally become, a rivalry. Agree. I think uh, they looked really good last week. Um you know, they're playing for a bowl game. That's a prideful program, so that definitely worries me. I think we're a better team, but uh, I think they're going to play well. I'm, I'm a little nervous. Well, you know, after you, uh, you had an emotional game against Minnesota, uh, after an emotional game on the road at Wisconsin, they came back, they got up for that. A little, maybe a little flat the other day. Loved the way they came out against Illinois. Uh, went right down the field and scored and actually got an interception and had a chance to score again. That's right. I thought the emotions were on Iowa's side, but then uh, when Illinois caught up, I started to get yep. nervous like a lot of Hawkeye fans. I was really pleased to see the way Iowa shut the door and methodically went ahead and won that football game, which makes me feel like emotions, weather might be an issue in this game, but I don't know that emotions are going to be nearly as a big deal for the Hawkeyes as they might be for Nebraska. Because I think if Nebraska gets to a situation where Iowa's in the lead, That's right. they might start to pucker up a little bit thinking about that bowl game a lot more than they should. And Iowa can play free and easy for this one. They're in a bowl game. They just don't know which one. Yeah, it happened two years ago at Nebraska. We, it was kind of close for a while. We started to hit the gas pedal, and they just looked like they about wanted to walk off the field. Well, they did. They spun out of control. That's, that's exactly right. It was close for a little while. In fact, I think they were ahead, yeah, right? Yeah, they were. 
and uh, that's exactly what happened. Iowa hit a couple of long runs, uh, and they, they put the, pe- the uh, pedal down and, and uh, ran away with it uh, in the end. But that's exactly the way that was in Nebraska. The last two times Iowa has been in there has just sort of seen their balloon deflate as the game goes on. Um, you ever been over there for a game? You know, I have not. I get invited every single year. I have just not done it between Thanksgiving and the cold. And it, it, we, I should. Well, I'll tell you what. So I had not been until I, you know, started dating, and now I'm married to a Nebraska fan from uh, Grand Island. She's over there right now, Grand yeah. Island. Ten inches of snow there today. <laughs> uh, but uh, but I, I so I've been to the last three, and I'll go. I'm going again Friday. I'll say this: it's a it's a historic and, and large, fun atmosphere uh, there. I'll give them that, and they show up no matter how for sure their team looks. They show up, but they now are to the point where their delusions of grandeur are turning into hatred for Iowa because they're actually starting to get really jealous. And you know, they're yeah. just seething in little little ways under the under the uh, comments that they make. Uh, where you start to look at Iowa now with their fi- fifth straight year of eight wins, and they think, oh, eight wins, right. big deal. Who who really wants to shoot for that, that mediocrity? Well, I'll tell you what, who does? There's only, <laughs> I'll tell you what, there's only ten football teams in the United States of America that can say the same thing. Yeah. All right? That they've won eight eight football games uh, ten years in a, or five years in a row. Yeah. Uh, and I, actually, it might be less after this year. I have to go back and study it. There was only ten going into the year uh, four years in a row, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, y- you want to talk... You can talk a little smack. Go ahead, but your team was four and eight, and four and eight, and this year at best will be six and six. Um, I'll tell you something, Brett. I just being talking to Iowa fans and doing this and doing that. I had an interesting thought on the Illinois game and the Purdue game, and I feel like, oh, Kirk is so predictable. Brian is not doing this right or that right. I think four or five years ago we lose both of those games. Because we would have tried to force the run, and they would have stocked us up. And I think that they're like, nope, we're going to throw it. And they were both close games, but we won them both. And I thought that particularly yesterday, in, or last Saturday, Saturday in the second yeah. half. I rewatched the second half this morning. And, um, you know, we're just like, hey, we might run it once, but if we need the first time, we're going to throw it. And, you know, and it worked. Well, clearly they realized that what they had dialed up, and I, you know, we can still go back and talk about the zone, the zone scheme, just not being an easy thing to run with these days because Illinois has a terrible run defense, right? But you know what they've got? They have good linebackers, and oh, those and linebackers, safeties, were, and those were, guys were they great were, tacklers. And you can slant through the gaps on the zone scheme every time, and they yeah. shut Iowa down. Now, what you said is absolutely true. Iowa has. By the way, everybody that wants to bag on the interior of Iowa's line, if you paid attention the last three weeks, including up at Wisconsin, the pass protection's been pretty good. Yeah. Nate Stanley's mistakes have pretty much been on Nate Stanley. There have yep. been a few where that's been the pressure, but for the most part, he's either made a bad throw yep. or a bad decision when things don't go right. Saturday was frustrating because I think his very first pass in the game, he went back, he stepped up in the pocket, threw a rope, Later that same drive, he had an absolutely beautiful pass, I think, on a rollout where he almost got sacked. And I thought, man, Nate's going to have a great game today. And then he overthrew a couple there in the second quarter, and it's just <laughs> – I think it, he was four for five, and then they put a stat up that said he's 0 for his last eight. Yeah. I was like, no. He, he did end up with 300 <laughs> yards passing. It was yeah. first 300-yard passing game of the year. Oh, was it? And, and I, now, I would say this. It was mostly because of what you said is uh, Illinois was shutting down the run. And when they were shutting down the run, 
of course, Iowa then decides that they need to go ahead and throw the ball. In fact, the guy was sitting behind me at one point, and he's like, we're going to throw the ball 50 times today. Yeah. Now, we ended up throwing a 35 because we finally got a lead, and, and we were able yeah. to go ahead and still try to run the football just a little bit. But he was right. He could see that you know Illinois was committed to shutting down the run and making Nate beat him. The only thing, I, there was some confusing things that I, I didn't quite get. Um, you know, he, he dropped back to pass, and he looked left all day. Up the seam every once in a while on a tight end route, which was open a lot. Love to see that out of Laporta and Weeding and, and, and Bayer. But on the right side, ISM, Amir Smith-Marset, and whoever else they wanted over there was open all day long. Getting just And there was a couple times where they just finally threw their hands up in the air. And I don't know if they go back to the huddle and say, what are you doing? But every once in a while, he would hit them. Um, I, you wonder a little bit about when your scheme actually works and the quarterback isn't finding it. But yes. Nate, Nate was amped up, and it was senior day, and at the end of the day, he comes out a winner. He still throws for 300 yards. They come out a winner. Um, they're 8-3, and three, and they have four straight years of at least eight victories, going for 10 now, which will be the best since 2015. And you got to give the kid credit. When you see him in the locker room afterwards and his emotional He's a great speech. kid. I, yeah. I noticed you just threw in your kind of Nate apologist thing. He was amped up. Well, There's something every week, right? It's well, not just that he's not executing. I, well, I, <laughs> to be clear, the reason I said this team would go 8-4, and four, my prediction on 8-4, and four, and everybody's like, well, that's a pretty low expectation. 8-4, and 7-5, and five is, it was because I, just, I thought Nate would be Inconsistent. And yeah. guess what? Nate's inconsistent. That's what he is. But guess he's what? He's a great kid. He's yeah. a uh, – you know, we ran the, the read option. He had the one uh, sneak that he almost took for a touchdown. It's like, why don't – I, I just – well, I'm perplexed by the whole situation. He's, and he's, I love the guy. He's not super fast, but he is pretty big and strong. Yeah, so, so running – Take two running steps him, and yeah, dive. Yeah. That's seven yards. Well, I, I, well, I love the quarterback sneak on third and three. Yeah, and it was usually awesome. Usually running on third and one, but right. ran on third and three, he got five yards. Tyler Linderbaum can blow up yeah. a guy that's right in front of him. He has no problems going straight ahead, right? For a, for a redshirt freshman, that kid's got a little bit of uh, a little bit of that. This might be the week where we try the sneak and actually run it for like sixty yards because uh, he just doesn't get tackled. <laughs> well, every once in a while, I think to myself, you know, if you can do that, why are we handing it off back? Just do that until they figure until it, they stop twice. it. Right? Just go do it until they stop. It would be really boring football. But it is care. the way it is. For some reason, uh, youth football works that way, right? Yeah, You've right. got only three plays, right? So uh, you know you can go down the field that way. Um, a couple of other thoughts in this game. Um, love to see, love to see the way that AJ Epinesa finished out his career, yep. and Christian Welch. Both of them, Welch, of course, a, a sack on the last play of the game. His last play at Kinnick. Both those guys, uh, you know, now we don't know for sure Epinesa is not coming back, but both, both those guys had terrific games on defense, and it was so fun to know that, that, that they could go out that way. Yep, absolutely. I thought Welch played great. You know, he was a huge loss this year, um, as much as anybody on the team for oh, sure. Oh, absolutely. And uh, I, I just love watching the guy play. He's so smart and so good at reacting. And, you know, Epinesa is, is what he is. He's, he's big time. You think he goes pro? Yeah, I do. But I, I've been to their tailgate a couple times. There's like two or three more of those kids, and they're all big and strong. I heard that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know how old they are, but hopefully they'll be Hawkeyes too. Well, it would be nice to think that. It, it, it. I know it's selfish to hope that these guys stay. And there's still rumors, right, well, that, that they're the, talking about it. But the woulda, coulda, shoulda, the three kids. You know, we put those on three – I'm sorry, those four gentlemen on our team last year. 
We're 11 and 0, in my opinion. Close, at least. Of course, right. I have black and gold glasses, yeah, like we're, usual. We're, right. but well, I do think uh, certainly, you know, our, still the Iowa scoring defense is pretty much the one of the, it's one of the top two or three in the country, right? So it, unbelievable. It's, it's um, it, chances are, I'm not sure that that would have carried the team a little further or not, but it certainly would have made it easier to do what they've done in terms of scoring defense. This, by the way, the eighth game. This year, that Iowa's held uh, an opponent under twenty uh, un- under their uh, average, uh, and I think all the Big Ten games except for Wisconsin, they've been under twenty points. Uh, nobody's scoring on Iowa, right? So if Nebraska does it this week, that'll be an anomaly. But I think you're right. You you, you look at some of the guys they, the next year. So yeah, last year, Hawkinson and Fant on this team uh, would have made immeasurable difference in what Iowa could have done in in terms of flexibility. There's no question on the defensive side of the ball. Nelson, Hooker, probably you know make that team just more solid, and the defense would have been about the same. But but yeah, and you're looking at this year. Are you going to lose Werfs? Uh, has he had a good enough year to go ahead and go? Well, everybody says in the NFL, you know, all the draft boards they have him high. But both these guys are still thinking about it. It'll be interesting to see. Sometimes you know, if you're really worried about doing your knee, I get it, but. Not all, I mean, if you look at the way TJ Hawkinson's season has gone this year, yeah. he's got the money. Yeah, but he might not have actually been ready. He and, right? He and Noah. And, I mean, and, if you yep, they got the money, but they might not quite have been ready. I think they've maybe not had the greatest situations, but they've definitely underperformed for their draft position. I would say. I it, it, I think so too. Um, Hawk had the best first game of ever. It's unreal, and, then, <laughs> and it's been tough on him. He's been yeah. hurt. You know, he certainly puts in effort, but you know, he, he's going to get better. You look at where where George Kittle is now after a few years in the in the league. I, I think you can see where they're going with. If you're him. a rookie and get drafted by the Lions, do you just sit out for the year mm-hmm. anyway? <laughs> something to think about. Something to think about. A couple of other notes in football. Uh, of course, Keith Duncan. Broke the Big Ten record yeah. for field goals in one season, and now uh, he's chasing the um, NCAA record. Needs four of them to get that. That might be a little bit of a stretch, but probably not. He kicked four in this game. He's had three games of four or more field goals this year, so we'll see. He's a finalist now for the Lou Groza Award in Big Ten Player of the Week special teams, but nice recognition to get the, to, to get the uh, Lou Groza finalist. Uh, a good thing for him. And also Phil Parker named today uh, as one of the uh, semifinalists for the uh, Broyles Award for the best uh, assistant coach in the country this year. So a couple more Hawkeyes getting some recognition there. All right, we'll be back. We'll check in with Tom Cakert of HawkeyeReport.com when we come back on the Hawkeye Huddle on 1700 The Champ. Back to the Hawkeye Huddle with Dave Creighton Jr. and Brett Ridge on 1700 The Champ. Real sports talk for real sports fans. And we are here at G-Migs, Brett Ridge and Scott Bush from the Foundry Distilling. Not uh, Dave Creighton Jr. He's on uh, vacation today. He'll be back next week, and I'm actually out next week. So uh, a couple of weeks where we're not doing this show together. I know. Blows people's minds. Can happen, and it can work. Do want to make sure we thank our sponsors, including G-Migs here, where we are tonight for Steak Night. Come on down and join us. There's a little room still here in the bar for uh, people to come in and have a little bit of steak, as well as all the other good stuff they've got to serve. And, of course, uh, Foundry Distilling and Kozlowski Law. Big Koz, uh, check him out uh, with his family law practice, Kozlowski Law. Appreciate uh, all the sponsors here on the Hawkeye Huddle. And joining us now on the phone is Tom Kakert of HawkeyeReport.com. Almost really a sponsor, considering he's been on the show, I believe, all but like three times in the <laughs> entire 16 years. Good afternoon, Tom. Good afternoon, guys. How are you? What's up, buddy? How you doing? 
Well, we're uh, we we've we've run a little bit through football, and I think I've, I think I've got a couple more thing, thoughts on football. I want you, to, I'd like you to elaborate on. Then we're going to get into basketball a little bit uh, as uh, the Hawks get set for what is really a gauntlet of a schedule. So let's start off real quick with football. As we were going off the air here in the first segment, Tom, I mentioned that uh, Phil Parker was nominated uh, today for the Broyles Award. Uh, best assistant coach, I believe, in, in college football. Uh, a well-deserved honor. And I think you could see it at a very, very, very important juncture of the game the other day. Iowa up 10-7. to They'd missed a field goal that could have put them up. And Illinois starts to drive right at the end of the half. And unless I'm wrong, Phil Parker's the guy that dials up that double double safety blitz that gets Iowa not only a sack but puts them in field position to score at the end of the half. That's right. Yeah, it was a huge call and a super gutsy call by Phil Parker because if those, you know, Gino doesn't get home there, you, know, you got your receivers in single coverage and, you know, potentially in a tough situation at the end of the half where they could, you know, maybe even score a touchdown and instead Gino Stone gets home on that play. Um, Iowa is able to get a pass down the field to Tyron Tracy and then kick a field goal at the end of the half to go uh, to add some more points to the, the scoreboard before half and it's just a, a huge boost and just uh, you know, Phil doesn't dial up the blitz very often so I, I think the element of surprise really caught the Illini uh, off, uh, off their guard a little bit there. Well, he's certainly a guy that is forgotten from time to time when people start talking about what's going on at Iowa. Boy, this team has uh, shut teams down. They've been able to keep teams under their average by uh, huge numbers of points. I mean, I, th- I think I think we've had teams under 20, uh, 20 under and 17, 18 under their averages. Um, and this week was no exception. Illinois had been uh, moving the football quite a bit. And they moved the football the other day, but somehow Iowa keeps them out of the end zone. And uh, he even makes some adjustments, Tom, that, you know, in the middle of the game, that you start to think, well, they're kind of letting them move down the field. But at the at, when they get into the red zone, he dials up some stuff, and suddenly Iowa is able to stop uh, stop teams from scoring. It's that bend-but-don't-break philosophy that's been around since uh, Norm. Uh, Norm Parker was patrolling the sidelines, uh, and it, it just serves Iowa well. I mean, you know, you talk about that, that uh, double safety blitz, then you, you, you know, Illinois is driving early in the third quarter. Uh, potentially taking the lead, and um, you know Matt Hankins comes up with a huge play in the end zone, gets the interception, and um, Christian Welsh with the forced fumble um, in the fourth quarter that uh, I thought really big impactful play because Illinois again driving right around midfield, and Iowa takes that gets that turnover and ends up uh, getting another field goal to make it a two two score game. So just you know, hats off to Phil. He just, I mean, I, I don't, I keep saying over, over the course of this year, I don't know if this is like the most talented defense he's had, but they just, they play really well and they've put up some solid numbers. And uh, even the numbers that were down a little bit early in the year, like the sacks, are now up to 27. So they're picking things up in some different areas. Those two are huge plays. I thought for. I don't know what the heck happened, but when we did not sack the quarterback there, but then he happened to just overthrow the guy in the end zone. I mean, I thought I rewatched the first or second half today. We left so many opportunities on the field in the first half. We we were really pretty lucky to win that game Saturday. Illinois 
helped us a lot. I don't know what the heck that guy was looking at on that flea flicker. It was first down, wasn't it? <laughs> well, it was. I, I, I think it was I could, first down. I could not figure out the flea flicker call. All I know is I was happy that, I mean, you don't do it in a compressed area, but I was happy that Hankins was, eight, was, was on top of it. You know, there was another one, Tom, that even sticks out to, in my mind is they, they, they blitzed Belton off the cash, and Geno Stone steps up because because uh, Illinois identified it, threw it to the back uh, or the the wide out, and Geno steps up and hits him for a three yard loss. Yeah. I mean the defense is set up right now to uh, at least the way they've they've been able to do this. The defense is set up to to support each other to the point where the only way Iowa ends up giving up a, a crazy touchdown is is a blown coverage, which is really what they had on the only touchdown in the game. Clearly, two guys looking at each other saying, okay, you were supposed to go there. Because for the most part, the schemes are set up so that it's really hard to, to matriculate 12 plays down the field. Let's move to basketball, Tom. I want to get your thoughts on, on the injury um, situation over in Iowa City. There's a couple of things. Obviously, uh, they won both games this week, which was terrific, and they, they won going away on Sunday after kind of a slow start. But uh, Jack Nungy goes down for the year with an ACL tear. And, of course, uh, Jordan Bohannon just working his way back, says he's going to play both games this week. And you got now you got Patrick McCaffrey, and, and his status is sort of up in the air as he's sort of still recovering from trying to from energy problems, dealing with the cancer he had years ago. But answer, give us a little thought on Patrick. What is his situation that you know? We don't have a lot of specifics about Patrick's situation at all, other than you know it's related to his thyroid situation that he had cancer. It's not cancerous. There's nothing with that at all. But you know, the, the kind of the feeling you get is that this might. End up being, um, you know, I saw there was a picture today of the Iowa players at practice, and he was in practice gear. But I just don't know if he's going to be able to play. That's the, that's going to be the, the big decision, and I'm not sure. We could be looking at a situation where he ends up redshirting. Um, I'm still not convinced that Jordan Bohannon's going to play past the Iowa State game, and um, and they lost Jack Nungy this week, so it's. You know, potentially, just it, it could almost be like a throwaway year for Iowa basketball, which is really unfortunate because I think if they have all the pieces, they they were at least you know maybe in a position if, if Bohannon was pretty effective to um, at least push for a um, a spot in the NCAA tournament, and you know you're missing those three, and it's just going to be really hard to to uh, even think about finishing in the upper half of the Big Ten. Yeah. You know, it was. you look at the end of the season last year, <clears throat> they, they finished the final game. You thought Tyler Cook was going pro, which he did. Isaiah Moss ends up transferring. I don't know that anybody really thought that was going to happen. He's playing pretty well for Kansas, by the way. I think it's a little easier to play well in the Kansas system with all the talent around him, but good for him. But you counted on him. You counted on Bohannon. You counted on Nunji. And things are, are deteriorating down, and, and maybe it ends up being a throwaway. The, the guys that are going to have to step up, Tom, are one, Ryan Creener, and two, Cordell Pemsel. And what I'm missing on, on Pemsel, it just seems like, so last year in that Iowa State game, when he came in and he had just one game he could play, he had all this energy, and he was ferocious, and he went to the boards, and he grabbed the ball, and he was all over the place. And so far this year, I've seen him, He just I, I know he had the suspension, but... Seems pretty passive. 
that's a kid that needs to step up and go back and have that attitude. I, I think Cordell will be fine. We also, we also have to remember that he hadn't played a basketball game since last December either, so he's really not done anything um, you know, in a competitive basketball situation in an actual game in almost a year. I don't think you forget so, effort, though, um, Yeah, I, I, you know, I just I think we got to give him some time to get get his legs underneath him a little bit more. Well, he is an X factor, of course. Luca Garza with twenty nine points and eighteen points in both ga- in these two games this week. Uh, he's he's getting his, and uh, CJ Frederick came out of the gate nice the other day and ended up with twenty one points. These are guys that are going to have to. Obviously, Garza is going to have to produce, and he's just going to have. It's going to be night in and night out. But CJ Frederick is is probably uh, the other X factor for me. Aside from Pemsel, CJ Frederick can he continue to score like that and really start to fill in in one of those off guard spots uh, where clearly right now they're not getting a lot of other other production? That's the guy that's got to do that if you want Toussaint and McCaffrey to run your point and like you say Jordan Bohannon probably to shut it down. Yeah, they're they're going to have to have some huge contributions from uh, you know just specific people. I just I worry about this team just wearing out though. Um, yeah. You know they just don't don't have enough bodies uh, to yeah. compete in the Big Ten at the level that you want to. So um, it's going to be interesting. I, you know, we'll wait and see what happens. I think Cordell will play well. I think Creener, I love that guy. He needs to play more. He comes in and does well. Well, he's going to get to now. Yeah, for sure. I, I've, I've been wanting him to have more time the last couple of years. You know, we've blessed or cursed with having 10 deep the last two years. Mm-hmm. So I think I think Creener's really going to. Creener is really going to surprise people. Uh, I hope. I hope so. And, and I think, Tom, you make a good point. I think at some point in time, we blessed or cursed, blessed with blessed uh, with too many bodies, so, so guys can can be rested when you want them to play. Cursed with not knowing how to play is right. all those guys. Right. But now it could get to where they could get tired, and Franz, uh, his rotation challenge becomes something different right now, which will be interesting to watch play out. Well, they've got a, uh, an incredible uh, schedule ahead of them in the next few weeks. Um, they're going, to, of course, down to Vegas. They play Thursday night on Thanksgiving night against number 12, Texas Tech, who was unbeaten. And then uh, the next night, either at 7.30 or 9.30, they've got Creighton or San Diego State. Creighton 4-1. and one. Their only loss at Michigan and San Diego State, who's unbeaten and might be the best of the four teams right now uh, in that tournament. Um, are you are you going? You're, I'm sure you're going to the football game and not going to down to Vegas, are you, Tom? Yeah, I'm going to Lincoln, so that's that's my plan. Go to Lincoln. All right. I went to New York City last year when we whipped everybody in the uh, preseason tournament. It was fun, was, wasn't it? Oh, it was great, baby. That was fun. Madison Square Garden. Well, they they turn right around, and next Tuesday night they'll be in in New York at Syracuse right. for another game, uh, a tough game as well. They're four and one. All these games are on TV, by the way. Uh, the uh, I believe we are on Fox Sports One for the uh, for the uh, games down in in um, Vegas and ESPN Two for the game against Syracuse. Uh, Tom, do you give them any realistic shot? At uh, at having much success over the next, and then they got to go to Michigan right after that next Friday. How do you see these next yeah, two weeks playing out? Yeah, this is a brutal stretch. Maybe they get that second game out in Vegas, but other than that, um, you know, it's going to be hard to see them picking up uh, picking up a win. Although Syracuse allows you to hang around because they just play so slow and they don't score the ball very well. 
be interesting to watch Iowa in the Carrier Dome. All right, moving back to football. We're on the road at, at uh, Nebraska on Friday. Uh, the Hawkeye, uh, the, the Hy-Vee Heroes game, uh, Iowa and Nebraska at 130. Um, you know, this game, as much as Nebraska fans hate to admit it, this game has become a rivalry. Uh, they're talking. The fans are talking about each other now. The players are talking about each other now. This game turns in. This does have a little bit, a bit of extra edge that way. Um, what are your thoughts about Iowa going in there on Friday? You were asking thoughts on Nebraska game. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> cause for concern was what. Um, what Illinois was able to do running with their quarterback in the last game, that uh, that's one that kind of sticks with you, uh, given what uh, Martinez can do for the Cornhuskers. So uh, they're going to have to uh, – and Chauncey uh, Golson even said that today when we talked to him, that, hey, they, we've got to lock things up a little bit on that uh, containment. So um, that's something that's going to be huge in this game. Um I think the weather could be a factor. It looks like it's going to rain. It's going to be cold. It's going to be less than ideal situation for probably for both teams, um, you know, playing wise. So um, I think I was going to win. I think it's going to be close. I think it's probably going to be lower scoring than most people believe. Wouldn't, would not be surprising. I'll be sitting out in the rain and the cold while you're in the press box, Tom, so you can just crack a little smile thinking of that, <laughs> that I paid a bunch of money to sit out there. I have good seats, at least, but uh, <laughs> I, I did not like to see the weather forecast what it was, but uh, uh, I, I hope I hope you're right. I, thought, I A close victory is a victory in this, uh, in this series and in the way things are going. And this... The thing is, Iowa is actually going, the kids are actually going for what really is uh, historic status at Iowa to try to get to 10 wins. There have only been a handful of 10-win teams in Iowa football history, and and it's certainly a a, a moniker of a team that has to be looked upon as one of the best ever, and they still have that chance. Uh Uh-oh. May have lost Tom. Love you, Tom. I think we got to go. We're going to music. I hope they didn't cut him off. Thanks to Tom Kager of HawkeyeReport.com. We'll come back. Scott and I will wrap things up here in the Hawkeye Huddle. Coming back on 1700, the champ. You're listening to the Hawkeye Huddle with Dave Creighton Jr. and Brett Rich on 1700, the champ. Real sports talk for real sports fans. And we're back here at G Mix. Wrap things up here in the Hawkeye Huddle. 1700, the champ in the world. Around the world at thehawkeyehuddle.com. If you missed today's. Uh, Earlier portions or any portion of the game, the game, any portion of the show, check us out at thehawkeyehuddle.com. Tomorrow the podcast will be up, and it's free of charge. So, and uh, we'll, uh, you can relive all the fine moments that we've had so far. Wonderful. Scott Bush, uh, Foundry Distillery, we'll get to the Foundry Distillery last, distillery last call. I have not had enough to drink to be sw- This Foundry Vodka morning. is really, really are tasty. You, Made you, uh, right here in Belly Junction. It is, and it's served right here at G-Migs as well, so you can uh, come try it out. A <laughs> couple of uh, notes in other sports, women's basketball. Iowa did win uh, at home over Princeton 77-75, to a tight one. Yeah. They're 3-1. and one. Uh, now they've got Cincinnati on Wednesday and then uh, Towson on Thursday and Washington on Saturday. This is the Puerto Rico Classico. 
in San Juan, Puerto Rico. I guess it's not really a tournament as much as it is. It's three games down there. So we'll see how they can do when they, uh, when they have to line up and play three out of four days. But uh, at least his Bluters team, at least three and one. Uh, relying heavily on their seniors right now, they've got to get some of the youngsters going. Wrestling. The wrestlers went over to Ames on Sunday and won 29-6 over number 11 ISU. Hawkeye men now 2-0, but more importantly, ranked today as the number one team in the country. Boom. First time since 2015 that they have moved up to number one team, uh, to the number one spot uh, in the uh, wrestling rankings. And uh, they've got on Sunday, number six, Wisconsin in town, 7 p.m. That one's on BTN if you want to check it out right away. Um, Iowa over Iowa State, 28-4 to in takedowns the other day. Of course, uh, Lee got a, a technical fall, and you're expecting uh, DeSantos. He ended up with a major decision. But the one that was kind of fun was Nelson Brands. Terry Brands, the assistant to Tom and brother. Uh, Nelson Brands, uh, 184, upset number seven, Sam uh, Colbray. And uh, so Nelson Brands looking to make a little mark as another Brands uh, member of the Brands family who's actually on the mat for Iowa. Number one team in the country, and they, uh, and they put him out there, and he, uh, he got the big upset. So that's pretty cool. Could you imagine being no, a kid I, of one no, of the Brands? No. <laughs> I, 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 I tell this story once a year, and it's true. I was, my, my roommate and I were, uh, he was in, my, one of my college roommates was in a class with uh, Tom. And we bumped into them somewhere, like on the Ped Mall. We were just chatting with him, and uh, with him, and when we were in school there, right? And and his face was all beat up. And, he, and they were like, "Dude, what happened?" He's like, "Oh, Terry hit me again." She <laughs> 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 hit him back. Oh yeah, I could take him, but he got he he jumped me, you know. So it's it's pretty fun. They they are they have had a unique relationship, and I bet wrestling in their basement was oh my goodness. you know like when they were kids was was just. Un- unreal rough, <laughs> right? But uh, anyway, real cool, and we'll see what they do on uh, Sunday against Wisconsin uh, on BTN, 7 p.m. for that one. Um, as we start to look back at this, fo- or look ahead to this football game, Scott, um, and by the way, this is the last regular season game, so you and I get to finish, you and me Bet. get to finish this off for the uh, for the uh, season as far as that's concerned. Bowl game, obviously, Creighton and I can take care of it, but uh when you look ahead at what what Iowa's got to deal with, uh, Tom mentioned it a little bit. Adrian Martinez, the one thing he can do is he can run a little bit and he can throw while he's running, and that really hurt Iowa in Iowa City last year. They've done very well with making teams one dimensional, but this guy actually is the one kind of quarterback that they have a tough time defending. It's not a run pass option quarterback; it's a run pass option quarterback who can actually throw while yep. he's running. He's a heck of a player. I I I thought he played really well last year against us. Um, I only saw two or three of their games last year, but he looked good every time I saw him. Um, you know, it's going to be tough. It's Welch and Colbert are going to be, uh, they're really going to have to play well. Um, you know, and our defensive line is great. They need to grab him and tackle him. <laughs> Not it, We, oh, seem, no we seem to have, they kind of slip through our fingers a little too much. And we do that with Martinez and we're going to be in big trouble. Well, I think the defensive line, uh, the, the way that they're going to end up having to be coached on Saturday is going to be different than what you saw last week. You yeah. saw Iowa go ahead and go, you know, just balls out. We're going after yep. the quarterback, and if he runs by us, we're going to hope our linebackers are there. I think you'll see much more contained. I, see, I think you'll see fewer quarterback sacks, uh, not just because Nebraska will give up fewer, but Iowa's just not going to go for it yeah. the same way. A lot more contained and a lot more beat us with your arm. 
And uh, we'll see whether that results in Iowa playing more cash with Belton in there or whether it results in Iowa playing more three linebackers and trying to have Neiman cover somebody coming out of the backfield. Yeah. Um, either way, that works. But uh, but I, I agree. He he impressed me enough in Iowa City last year that I really did think they would be better this year. Um, and I think a lot of people did. Clearly, their defense has not been what it what it could be. They really haven't beaten anybody of any. Uh, you know, they beat Illinois before Illinois figured themselves out. Mm-hmm. Other than that, South Alabama hasn't won a football game. Yep. Northern Illinois has won four football games. Um, uh, they they beat uh, Maryland the other day, who's won three football games, and then they got that Illinois. So they haven't really beaten good teams. Oh, they, and they squeaked by Northwestern last second field goal at home. Um, They're super fast starters, right? They so they come out of the gate quick. Yeah, we need, and then they fade. That's what we need, buddy boy. It right, get the ahead. Last two right? games. Let's let's come out strong again. Because I'll tell you what, I think if we go up, well, I guess we did last year in Iowa City, and they fought back hard. But two years ago, we went up, and they just folded up the tents and left for Thanksgiving in well, the second half. And, and I I think, and I think you know, Scott Frost is such a head case. It's amazing to watch. You can when you when you're not paying attention to your own teams. You can see the head cases, right? If he was, if he's our coach, I'm not sure you see the forest for the trees, right? But he's not. See, I think he's just, I think he's just this nutbag, right? That that doesn't know really what's going on, but he has a system that he thinks he's got and it'll work. And anyway, I I think he's the type of Jim Harbaugh type coach who is arrogant enough yeah. to expect to win. And when things don't go their way and they start to lose out on their bowl game. I think they fold the tent. Yeah, I, I think emotionally they'll start to get scared, and he'll start warning them about, "Hey, we're not going to make a bowl game. You guys, your season's going to be over." And I think the Hawks can play free and easy because here's the one thing we haven't talked about: Iowa is probably l- looking at the Red Box Bowl. Period. Right? Mm-hmm. There's a number of ways this could go, but the only way Iowa can hop up to the Holiday Bowl probably is one: they have to be chosen over Michigan, which I don't think is going to happen. A Michigan-USC uh, uh, matchup is probably what they're looking at. So Iowa would have to be chosen over that. Or Michigan would have to hop up to the Citrus Bowl, and Wisconsin would have to be knocked down several pegs by losing this week yeah, and get knocked down several pegs to the tax layer. Then maybe, but other than that, you're probably slotting Iowa into San Francisco on December 30th, which is a nice date, actually. It is. It's just the, the game is just kind of it's in 3 o'clock it's in, in the Santa afternoon. Clara? Yeah. Yes. And Santa Clara, for those of you who don't know, it's not San Francisco. It's an hour south of San Francisco. It's beautiful, it, though. It, so it's a nice place. It's just it, you're not going. It's not like when you went to if you were going to play in downtown San Francisco, yeah. right? So, But that's probably where they're going to be regardless of the outcome of this game. That yep. might be it. It would lock them into that probably if they lost, but it certainly uh, is not one of those games where Iowa, other than trying to get to that magical 10 wins to make them one of those teams that gets on that list of some of the best teams in Iowa history, that's what Iowa's got ahead of them. Other than that, they're not going to get too nervous, I don't think. Yeah, I agree. I think, um, yeah, I looked last night, I think people saying we're going to go above that bull, I I don't see it happening because a lot of kind of odd things would have to happen. So, I mean, I... It's cool. I've sold booze out there. That's a it's a beautiful town, actually. You have? Santa Clara. It's Santa oh, yeah. Clara. Absolutely. That's where the 49ers practice facility is. Well, it's, it's that's where their there. stadium it's be in their is. Stadium. Yeah, yeah, it'll course. be in their stadium, and um, you know, and that's the only thing is that it's just no longer in San Francisco, right? It's just, yeah. It's just not. Well, it'll be interesting to see how that works out. A, a couple of other things to mention. I, I've 
forgot about this. Iowa did get a couple of commitments for the 2021 class this 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 week, and decent commitments. Justice Sullivan, uh, son of Jake Sullivan, used to play basketball at Iowa State. Oh yeah, and run uh, a basketball program here in Iowa. Uh, uh, out of uh, Eden Prairie, out of Minneapolis, a four-star linebacker, Justice Sullivan's going to uh, be an Iowa Hawkeye, and Griffin Lydell out of uh, Bettendorf, a three-star defensive lineman, but somebody that uh, a lot of the schools in the Midwest were really after. He's also got, uh, committed to Iowa, so that uh, 2021 class is starting to be built as they get moving forward uh, on the end of the season. Um, last couple of thoughts. I don't know. We're getting, we're getting down there towards the last couple of thoughts. Um, I'm hoping what we see when Iowa comes out defensively on or comes out offensively on Saturday is a little bit more of a gap scheme. And and the one thing that they did do the last couple of years, uh, even against Frost and and before that, is they've gone ahead and said, you know what, Uh, in this game we're going to block a few more gap schemes instead of the zone schemes to try to just go ahead and, and move the ball forward. They can certainly do that, particularly considering Nebraska plays this 3-4 defense. And Iowa doesn't need to practice, right? Iowa needs to win the game. They don't need to practice getting better at the zone scheme. They need to win the game. Yeah, I think, um, the, you know, Nebraska should certainly be susceptible to our running game. If we can get Goodson going, you know, I think Tracy has stepped up huge in the last couple games. I think Smith-Marset has grown a ton this season. Uh, Laporta, or however you say his name. Yep. Yep. You know, let's just execute. When they're open, get them the ball, and let's run the ball, and we will smoke them. Uh, Nate throwing, was throwing with wet footballs today because it's going to be raining and everything. Um, I, I, and I agree. So Laporta, by the way, I didn't realize he was like the first tight end since Moyaki, maybe that had started as that, a true yeah. freshman. I mean, all the good tight ends that have come through, and he's starting. I mean, he and passes the eye well. test. Holy oh, absolutely! And he's, he's fast. A, he's a beast. Yes, he is. He's great. So uh, that's good to see. And they had him in more the other day on blocking downs. Feeling good about. Oh, foundry. Oh, I guess we're getting to it. Need our foundry distillery last call. Go Hawks! Twenty-eight ten. Twenty-eight ten. Iowa. I'm not sure it's going to be that. I'm, it's a 24-21 barn burner, even in the rain over in Lincoln. Basketball team loses all their games this week, but we'll be better <laughs> going forward. Thanks, Scott Bush. We'll take care of you next week. Go Hawks.